Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, Frugal Wizard trademark? This is Steven, your host with Phantology Podcast, along with my lifelong friend, Ben, and we're talking about Secret Project 2 from Brandon Sanderson. The full title is The Frugal Wizard's Handbook for Surviving Medieval England. That is the only time I will attempt to say it because otherwise I'm going to butcher it. Uh, but this is the uh, the recent secret project that came out earlier, beginning of April. Uh, ben and I read it, and... Uh, I don't know what, what you think of this one. This is the only one that wasn't Cosmere. I don't know. I kind of have a mixed reaction, and honestly, we haven't talked about it yet, so I'm not sure what you thought. Yeah, I think that my reaction is tempered a lot in the fact that um, I had read the first couple of chapters when it was released at the very beginning of the um, Kickstarter, so I kind of remember it okay. being like, like the general premise behind it, and the fact that it wasn't Cosmere. So my like there weren't as high of hopes for it as well as he had talked about the premise behind the book one time on his podcast. And so I was already kind of primed with that information. So mm. I, I'm not sure how I would have felt about it with like, without having all that background knowledge, but with the background knowledge I did have, I was pleasantly surprised. What did he say? So on, on intentionally blank, what did he say about the premise? He just said that he had been toying around with this, um, premise of having it be like a like a tourist dimensional traveling thing and on the podcast he had talked about more of an like a um, game show type thing right or maybe not like like a reality tv where like you can kind of go back mm -hmm. and whoever preserves the titanic for the longest or whoever i don't know like or you can kind of compete with two two different teams to see who can like um, okay affect things certain ways and so that was kind of the premise on the podcast, which he said, like, you know, would get old very quickly for, for a book. So he kind of took it in mm. a little bit of a di different direction. But you still see those remnants in the in in this book. Yeah, that was like joked about in one of the yeah. uh, the handbook chapters at the end of the. I thought that was a funny idea, but yeah, I guess that would be kind of a tough full book to write. Right. And I feel like that's, I mean, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but I feel like that's kind of the pitfall of this book in a little bit, like, like a little bit is that there's so many good ideas that are just kind of shoehorned and kind of stuck together. And it, it might not work as well as it could if he just kind of stuck to one thing, but it also kind of made it feel like you're getting a good bang for your buck with it just being like a random mm -hmm. Kickstarter thing. My impressions of the book, I thought it was very creative. I thought the premise was cool. The plot was very straightforward. The characters were, yeah, you know, not super memorable. And that, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. Like it, it, had a, it had some cool ideas. It was, it was unique, but was there much substance to it? Like not really. Yeah. Well, okay. So Steven, this is very important. Did you go, I, I assume you listened to it. Is that correct? 
No, I read it actually. Oh, did you read it? Did you read it well, on? I read. I read most of it. I've listened to like chapters. But okay, okay. Mostly read. Did you read from the PDF or did you read from like the Kindle version? The Kindle version. So I saw the pictures. So you saw the pictures. Do you see the like uh, doodles on the pages? Yes, like every, the bottom of every page. Yeah. Did you realize that that was like telling a cohesive story? Oh no, I didn't. Okay. I haven't. I haven't like really. But there's some videos on on YouTube that can go through and and talk about the story. So that's that's kind of what I mean. There's like, I feel like the how do you, how do you say it? It's like better than the sum of its parts, I suppose, or maybe worse than the sum of its parts. Maybe I don't know. Like there's so many individual parts of this book that are very unique, and but they kind of don't really add up to anything that's super special. If that makes sense, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you have this kind of like subplot and there's doodles that like. I don't really think it is replicated anywhere else, but like also that doesn't really contribute to you know, like who's, who's that experience for, you know what I mean? That does remind me of the Artemis Fowl, at least the first Artemis Fowl book had mm -hmm. around the edges of the pages was written in like the fairy language. And right. if you paid attention to the back of the book, you could piece together like the codex of what um, symbol meant, what letter and spell out a message i think it like spelled out the actual contents of the magical fairy book yeah uh, or did, kind of did you ever did you ever read animorphs and like thumb through the pages and you could see oh yeah like the, yeah for sure yeah yeah so yeah, I, I, read, these, I read so many animorphs <laughs> for some reason reddit thinks that i want to be subscribed to the animorph subreddit which probably because i clicked on like one post because i was like oh i remember that and now like every time i scroll through reddit i like get a post recommended from animorphs i'm not Man. to that anyway i wonder how i wonder how those hold up yeah well i think i don't want this to be wrong but i think that they're making a series like a tv show from it at one point like there is an existing series uh, they made it years ago i don't think it made it very far but are they not, i think are they making a new one. Another, they're making a new one okay well sorry well, let's the... uh, let's let's fact check that one because i have not heard of that and i feel like i would have heard of that well you're not subscribed to the subreddit but yeah I, i'm not subscribed to the animorph subreddit so how would i know but i really should be since i read like 50 or 60 of those books okay i will we'll have to come back to this because i'm seeing some conflicting information but there's been talks mm. about it in like uh, uh june of 2020 there's a lot of sure. articles about it so there you go okay all right looking forward to the animorphs tv show <laughs> anyway that anyway. was that was a yeah that was yeah yeah so um other than the okay uh, so i'm gonna have to go back and look at the pictures and get the little story um i was just talking about the pictures that are at the end of a couple sections of the yeah. book where there's like a small story and those were fun and the drawings were kind of cute. But yeah, like you said, that adds nothing to the actual plot of the book, yeah. which was just, you know, it was very straightforward. There was there was one twist. Uh, well, I mean, I guess let, let's just go into, should we go yeah. into spoilers? Should we, should we offer yeah. any more of like a non-spoiler thing for people? I guess, <laughs> is there any segment of population, we also kind of talk about this, that you would recommend this book to as like, oh, you should you should read this uh there's like so many other books that i would recommend first i guess like young it's it's for sure a younger audience would like it more okay 
younger audience and yeah. you just really want like maybe they've tried a Sanderson book in the past and it wasn't for them and you're like, I'm gonna give it one more shot. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people who like there's a big younger audience that likes like his rhythmatist books and the Alcatraz books. Like Okay, Rhythmatist like, is doing good though. I feel like this would be another recommendation for like a okay. ten to twelve year old type audience of mm-hmm. you know, they were looking for their next book and here's one. Okay. Cool, cool. Yep, I agree. Nobody I really know that would um that would love love this book. I have some younger cousins who like who like the younger Sanderson books. So I feel like they would like this one too. Uh, but yeah, I mean other than like as far as adult fantasy, I would say there's just so many other books I I wouldn't really I, I, I really doubt I would make it all the way down to recommending this one. Unless of course you're a, a Sanderson completionist fan, which a ton of people are. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so I think that that's, I think we're ready to dive into spoilers. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, o- overall, uh, I would give it like a six and a half out of 10. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say like a six out of 10. Yeah. It was, it was an entertaining book. I thought the, it, it intersperses the actual plot with selections from the Wizarding Handbook, which was, again, a fun premise. And, was mostly funny. I thought it got a little kind of obnoxiously cheesy at times, but it was mostly funny, which is good because a lot of times I'm the one who's like, I can't stand Sanderson's humor. It's all cheesy. I thought it was, it was still cheesy. Like the banana stuff. I didn't really understand why that was funny, but everything else was like pretty well-written and, and the whole premise of like a existing company that sells these experiences, but is trying to be above litigation and is kind of shady and that whole like backdrop of the story was fun. Yeah, I agree. It's very much like this creative art outlet thing that he's looking to do something new and different. And I can appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about the actual plot of the book. I thought like, yeah, like we said, it's very straightforward. The one twist at the end was Jen is alive gasp. Who could have seen that possibly coming? I, I mean, maybe maybe it wasn't that obvious, but I, I felt like that was definitely going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I call that she was alive. I definitely thought that Ryan, who might not have been, you know, as much of a golden boy as he was made out to be. Yeah, Ryan, she was the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. Um, so Ryan, Chu, I kind of called that. I think most people probably could. And I think that, Sanderson always talks about how it's super important for uh, characters to be impacted um, when somebody dies around them. And you weren't really seeing that with the, with the main character. I forgot what, what's, what's his name? John, Johnny, John. Yeah. With Johnny. Right. Right, So you kind of get the feeling that maybe um, there's a reason why he wasn't delving as much into like the death of the, his, uh, his wife or his partner as he could, as he normally would. Mm. well but he he didn't know that she was alive until she showed up right i know i think it just was probably retroactively showing in his writing you know what i mean like where oh okay you know well and plus the fact that he didn't really remember her until like halfway through the book or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and so that kind of brings up the white room premise what did you think about that yeah yeah i thought it was done pretty well like when it initially started to become obvious that our character John was 
fairly incompetent and kind of a loser, that was an interesting twist because you would think, okay, main character, he's going to be cool, he's going to be capable, he's going to be able to do all this, all this stuff, and turns out kind of a loser, but not for like lack of trying, like he had a good heart. So it, it was an interesting enough character. And, uh, but I think once I got the idea of, okay, like this is the direction he's going, then it, it all clicked into place pretty quickly. And I, I don't, I don't think Sanderson tried to be too tricky with the way that he pulled off the white room. What'd you think? Yeah, I agree. I did think it was super kind of random that he was just like an extraordinarily good fighter. You know what I mean? Oh like yeah. Boxer or whatever. That was kind of, cause I'm like, Man, for somebody that's not very motivated in life, and maybe that was a thing. Maybe he was motivated in life. He just never found his calling in life or whatever. But for somebody that's not very motivated to be able to like be the regional champion or whatever of a boxing gladiator ring, it felt outside of his character. And then when you combine that with his like random knack for reviewing things, it just, again, felt like this character that had kind of been a lot of, sticky notes that kind of been stopped on one character and then it, you know he tried to make it work mm -hmm. yeah it felt like a ya character you know he's got he's got the gimmick the gimmick is he likes to review everything and that's funny and yeah i i, I agree now that you point that out like the fighting he wasn't really capable of anything other than being the best fighter and i, I don't know like he wasn't really described as a super big guy or athletic guy it just kind of seemed right. out of yeah. the norm for him to able to beat everyone at fighting yeah so that was kind of um a little bit hard for me to get behind but other than that i did enjoy seeing his progression like in terms of the white room like and for those that aren't aware like a white room mm -hmm. premise is basically where you start with a character kind of like jason Bourne, that has like doesn't remember anything about his past and you kind of grow along with the character in terms of his mm -hmm. understanding and stuff so that's kind of the premise of the book jason Bourne, a, a better fighter a more realistically good fighter. <laughs> Who's to say really though? I mean, I saw the movies pretty good <laughs> fighter. <laughs> That's true. Um, would you say severance is a, is that another white room example? Yeah, I would say, I would say it is. I mean, you're literally Although, starting in a white room. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe with some twists to it because anyway, yeah, severance, a, a great show. So check out that one. If you like, if you like this type of story, um i mean what else should we side characters so ryan was terrible i mean he he was like a decent enough character but he was a total loser he was he was the actual loser like once we kind of got behind the idea that john was you know a, a decent person and was changing for the best then ryan really became the villain yeah i could i could see that what about like cephalin um like the that whole romantic interest it was just way too like there wasn't enough there weren't enough pages in the book to really just kind of like oh she's here and there's no other options and we need romance so voila <laughs> yeah i will say though that i did like her she was kind of like her and john were kind of in the same boat right of both being kind of grifters or whatever until they both like came into their own and i loved that scene where she like uh, did her like big boast at the end where she was able to like summon and give uh, courage to all the supernatural elements that were at play and save the day. I thought that was cool because he had a very similar arc. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
they were both kind of frauds until they weren't. Yeah, so I feel like that that kind of brought them together, and and it did like you did see them bonding over that, right? Of both of them kind of going through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess nothing about it seemed like it needed to be romantic, other than the plot wanted romance, so there was. But I, I didn't. I don't know. I, I I just I struggle with Sanderson's romance oftentimes, and this is another example. Like it wasn't bad, but it didn't really add anything. The fact that they were that there was a little romance to it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was necessary because what else are you going to do in the book? Or you know, right, like... right, yeah. Other than that, um, then the other twist was that the the old woman, Thok, right, uh, was actually the like the Loki goddess, and the the stories from earlier in the book were real to an extent, and. Yeah, you know, another nice little twist. Yeah, I I thought that that twist was actually pretty good. I also did not know that the name for Wednesday came from Voden. That's something I learned from this book. Yeah, is that? Or, I guess that's I guess that's true. Yeah, um, I fact checked it. Okay, nice. So we we do learn something real in uh, the Frugal Wizard's Handbook for Surviving Medieval England. Yeah, I mean, those are things that you only learn while you read a ton of books, you know. <laughs> I mean, it totally sounds like something from an intentionally blank episode, just random little facts that uh, Brandon and Dan like to talk about. Yeah, I know. They're like encyclopedic with their knowledge about some things, and you never know what it's going to be. Yeah, so this is a quick review. I really just, I don't think there's a ton to say. But, I mean, it's a short book, very straightforward plot, probably not one that I'm going to think about again in the future. Like, Maybe if I was, maybe if I was on a vacation to Scotland, Ireland, or something, and yeah, then possibly like I could think about this setting again. But other than that, like it, it just wasn't that memorable of the book. Kind of a fun story, but not one that, yeah, not one I'm really gonna harken back to. Yeah, again, I will say the thing that kind of brought this over the top for me, and like would maybe raise it up in terms of my 6.5 rating is the fact that like you had the all the artwork and the doodles on the pages and like the the fact that like i i personally only got like the ebook and the audiobook but along with that came mm-hmm. like a much richer experience than I'm used to getting and i think that that's probably comes from the whole you know sanderson's touch on the kickstarter thing so i, I can appreciate right. that and i'm hoping that more people do stuff like this in the future yeah that's fair the art definitely made the whole thing kind of charming yeah so yay for that mm-hmm. and i will say for the audiobook like michael kramer and kate redding like all out a lot to it so i'm a fan of that yeah i mean the premise was was really cool probably kind of, it made the book for me like would i want to uh partake in in this company if it was real like probably it's kind of a fun idea dimensional travel being able to like kind of be a little little god in your own world right like that's that's a fun idea and to affect the course of history in different ways and um some of the humor that uh the the handbook provided when you think about the ramifications of being able to affect history um in, in different ways was was funny and yeah so i guess my yeah. where, where i'm finally i'm finally landing on it was the story was the story was whatever but i thought the premise was like a cool enough idea to keep me interested yeah I think that this story perfectly matched the premise. And again, it's one of those premises that you're like, how has this not been done before? You know, 
and maybe it has maybe we just don't know about it but it's like it seems like it should have been done before mm -hmm. so yeah with all with all the multi-dimensional stuff going on in uh in in like nerd nerd media right now you think someone should have came up with the idea of like oh what if you could go and control one of these dimensions yeah and i think again like the fact that like just that whole premise like would immediately backfire in some way you know what i mean which obviously it did here so yeah i i you know one one thing that was and again this is probably too much for this review but it was interesting that like we didn't explore any of the mobsters like how they got around like exploding papers and stuff like exploding writing like shouldn't that have affected them as well you know yeah the mobsters were just kind of there like yeah. these are the enemies here they are yeah all right well that's our review quick episode on this one let us know uh about the animorphs movie i'm really i'm really curious or about the animorphs tv show i think that's the main thing i'm taking out of this review because if they're actually making an animorphs tv show and it's like high quality which there's no chance that that's ever going to happen but if if there was somehow okay. a high quality animorphs tv show i would be so excited man you know what i think it is this is gonna bum you out bum you out but i don't know if it was i'm just trying to think i, I remember reading an article about it it might not have been a tv show it might have been that they're like doing the classic going back and taking out problematic elements of the books for like their newest like release or like newest publication uh -huh. i think that that might be what i remember reading i don't know there's animorphs was in the news for something though dang was there problematic stuff in animorphs big deep enough there's huh dang that's gonna like that's gonna rock my childhood <laughs> i was i was raised on problematic media well, i mean um well yeah that's true <laughs> we, we already know that's we, we all were right we all went through the 90s and 2000s um yeah. was i tobias um no no, I was probably Jake. I wasn't, I was, you know, I was the leader, right? The, the boring oh, sure. leader. Uh, of course. Yeah. I thought, I thought it wasn't Tobias like the misunderstood, like. Tobias um, was the red tail, red tail hawk. Red tail hawk. Right? And he like became stuck like that, right? Or something. He was, he was stuck like that because he stayed in more for too long. Uh, right. But eventually he got uh, access to the cube again and regained his morphing ability but since he regained the ability as a hawk, the hawk became like his base morph. So he was faced with this issue of he could morph back to a human and oh, live his life as a time. human. But if he morphed to a human, he would again lose the morphing ability. So this became a thing throughout uh, a lot of the a lot of the books. Uh, I see you have a much better memory. Yeah. It turns out this is a core yeah core memory for Steven. This is animorphs. Animorphs is a core memory. <laughs> I don't really remember a ton of what happens at the end because I read the, like the initial books in the library over and over again. And for whatever reason, like the, the last books, maybe they were being written, were just not available. And then once I got, you know, once I got through most of them, I finally got to the end. But I read the beginning, I remember super well. The end, I think I kind of remember what happens. But anyway, yeah, the Tobias stuff was, was good. That was good. There's some good some good romance in animals as well, by the way. <laughs> well, there you go. This has been your review of trust in animals. Trust, not, or not trust. trust. No. no trust. Just no trust. Fru frugal wizards guide for surviving animals. All right. Thanks for listening um, and putting up with that ridiculousness. See you later. <laughs>